Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And one of the things we talk about is if we don't give effort, if we're not recognized for effort at University of Oklahoma, then I'm a con man and they're a fraud. All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host, Kamiar Marabian, and today I'm joined by my good old buddy, Stephen Brown. We're going to talk about the spring game. Stephen, how's, how's life and have you done anything interesting lately? I've had uh, three days off in a row, and, and some of that was just to watch football, but uh, really I've just been kicking back, chilling. Nothing crazy this time. Did you do anything interesting this this, this weekend? I booked a uh, hotel for a wedding was my, my main thing. But the really? wedding is on the 30th, which I believe is the, uh, the 30th of October, so mm. I think it's over the Texas Tech game. So uh, that's okay. a little bit disappointing. Yeah. Disappointing news there. So it happens when you let. And it's in Austin, Texas. That sucks. That happens when you let the women, <laughs> women choose the day. Like we specifically were very sure we were not going to get married on a Saturday in the fall. And if it was, it was, have to, it was going to have to be on a bye week. And that was my only real care about when the wedding happened. So. Oh, it's a full, it's full go, you know, where's the, where's the wedding at? Oh, you said he was, where's that? Yeah, it's a, Austin. it's an Austin. Uh, Austin's a Lake good town. Travis. Austin's by a Lake good Travis. town. It's a good city. Yeah. yeah. It should be fun. The bachelor party's there too. You know, I went camping for the first time in like 20 years <laughs> past weekend. When's the last time you went camping? Uh, It would have been, would have been high school and it was in Colorado and there was a bear at the cabin. Nice, man. Black bear. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. I went to Red Rock Canyon in uh, Hinton, and uh, it was all right. You know, I learned how to make Southeast. Southwest. Southwest. Yeah. And I I learned how to make a fire from sticks while while drinking things. (laughs) And we heard coyotes and and uh what else would you hear out there owls and we saw a beaver building a dam so that was nice. that was that was fun but uh yeah i get in oh, touch with nature yeah i did and uh you know you know what bocce ball is i know bob stoops used to comment on it all the time well it's actually kind of fun i'm not gonna lie it's like advanced horseshoes but with balls hmm. would you like be it's interested? a grid I mean, yeah, I'll so, try okay. it out. It, this is basically how it is. Instead of like horseshoes, because that's kind of what it is. It's basically advanced horseshoes. Um, you have this one white ball, which looks like a giant golf ball. Okay. And you throw this ball wherever you want in this field. Or we were just like, we all had drinks in our hands. So maybe that's not the rules. And then you have two <laughs> different colored, you have two different colored, heavier balls which are about like yeah like five maybe five seven pounds and your goal is to simply just you have team red and team green and your goal is to get the closest to the white ball that you threw and uh play to whatever you want you know and that's so i learned how to play that so it's like a circular orbital horseshoes okay that's way different than what i thought it was Mm -hmm. i thought it was more like highlight what is what is that that uh, that sport where you have like a, I think it's just like a pool ball 
and those little cones and you just launch it at the wall with mm. the cones and it's going like 150 oh, miles an hour that's like that johnny like knoxville he, yeah. in jackass when they were throwing yeah. grapefruits out <laughs> yeah. was, i want to play that sport hey man over over summer i bought seasons of jackass on youtube just to see if it held up still holds up dude oh yeah I, and i recommend that to everybody but i guess i guess we people are listening and subscribing to talk about football and we talk we promise a spring game podcast so i guess we should do that and i hear there's a controversy at a you know at different positions and uh we can talk about it but we saw football right seeing football live football um high level athletes for the university of oklahoma on offense and defense which is a nice change for like the last uh what since 2009 so that'd be 12 years how old were you 12 years ago steven like uh like 16 Mm mm-hmm I was something like that. Yeah, I was 17. So that's 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 too that's too long ago, I feel like. But we saw football, man. What what was your initial just kind of thoughts, takeaway, or just like general feeling of just watching the spring? Game? Oh man. So right when the football came on, I was like, I just gotta grab a beer. It just feels right. Felt felt at home watching some football, watching some contact football at that as well. Um, but overall. I thought it was a pretty good game. Like at first glance, you know, it's not going to be those exciting because they're not going to, they're going to remain pretty vanilla on both offense and defense. So it's more guys just getting a feel for the field. But uh, I mean, defense had some exciting plays in there. I think DJ Graham had a, had a huge hit on uh was a major Melson, my new favorite wide receiver. Um, but yeah, it was like Caleb Williams was a highlight of that. Uh, Jaden Hazelwood had that one big catch. So it was a good, good fun game. Yeah, and you know when the when the scoring thing came out, I thought, "Oh, this seems like a really good recipe for a close game where the defense gets out to a really big lead." Of course, he's already set up right. twenty-one nothing, but where the defense basically stays in command most of the game, and then the offense kind of just slips in with a win at the very end, and that's exactly pretty much what happened. And it was a, it was a fun game, you know. You know, I didn't. I think they dialed up that safety. I think they did too. I think they did too. It was, it was pretty clear, right? Uh, they had to keep it close. Did you watch the second half? Yeah. Yeah. How I watched much? the whole thing. You watched the whole thing? The whole thing. So after Caleb Williams and, and Spencer Rattler went out, you were still Micah Bowens in it. Oh, yeah. I'm well, not going to throw did, away some football. What did you What did you see there? What Did, what, did you enjoy anything in the second half? Because I thought half, Micah Bowens looked pretty good. You did you? He doesn't look like a third string guy. He looks like a second string guy. He looks pretty good. How was Spencer Jones? Spencer Jones. Uh, I didn't see him on the field. Who cares? Yeah. He might be. I think he might be suspended for this game or maybe the first game of the season. I can't remember how it's going to work out. I have no idea. But it was good to see football. And, man, Oklahoma's going to – we're going to have to have a dry spell of more football until the actual fall. But it looks like, you know – with these new COVID variants, it looks like the vaccines are protecting against those. So full stadiums of the fall? Yes or no? I will go with yes for the first time definitively. Because I've Excited. had my doubts. I've had my doubts about that. Right. Oh, yeah, I agree. Right. But it's fantastic, man. I'm I'm so excited. <clears throat> I know that me and my fiance, and I guess she'll be my wife by then, we're going to go down to New Orleans, go to Tulane. Uh, and nice. as well as well, as well, visit my tattoo artist. So it'll be a good, you know, kind of vacation. But let's talk about a competition on the field. These these guys, they both hold the ball every snap of the game. They're both signal callers, and everybody knows I'm talking about the center, Andrew Rain and Ian McIver. And you know <laughs> what surprised me was because for the longest time, Bill Beatembo it. Sounded like Chris Murray was getting a ton of reps at center just to see what he could do, but it sounded like in practice he just was not getting it, couldn't really hack it, what they wanted. And what I noticed was this. You didn't even see Chris Murray take one snap at center. You saw mm-hmm. Andrew Rame take all the snaps with the ones, and then you saw Ian McIver take the snaps with the others. Does that suggest to you that the center battle is dead and that – Andrew Rame is your guy going forward, or do you think that there's still room to grow and switch around guys in the summer? Uh, I think there's room to grow and switch around guys. I think Rame should be the the 
the leader in this race, but uh, I think the biggest thing for him is probably going into this off season. Uh, first of all, getting healthy. Um, he, he mentioned he had been out for, I think it was like four weeks or something with some, maybe like a wrist injury, something mm-hmm. minor, um, but something that's held him out regardless, but also just getting stronger. Um, he didn't really look the part physically. Like, you know, look when, when, uh, when Creed got out there, you know, right. that's a, that's a big dude. I don't want to yeah. mess with that guy. Rain, he still looks a little bit soft. Looks like he's in his high school body a little bit. So I think this summer is a big off season for him to really solidify his body. Is he Darlington soft or a little no, bit? No, he just hasn't this? had that much time. Is like, he like any guy with the amount of soft, is he like a uh, truck stop bathroom toilet paper soft? <laughs> I don't even want to think about that. No, but does, this gives an in this that would make more sense, right? Why Murray saw several snaps at center, um, and so did McIver and those guys. Now, this gives Murray a chance to go compete elsewhere with the guards, right? Because he's still an interior right. guy, and I think you're gonna still going to have Marquise Hayes at left guard because that's been his mainstay there. He's going to be staying there, and so now you see a little bit of affordability of where you can cast guys. I would have loved to have seen Stacy Wilkins, and that would have been cool. And you know, is it now Tyrus Robinson going to be kicked out to right tackle and? Wanye Morris is going to be at left tackle. Is, is that what could happen? Or what do you, what do you want to come from this? Just more competition? Uh, I'd like to see more competition at right guard. I think Tyrese Robinson, um, despite all the hype he's getting in camp, really needs that uh, the extra push behind him to really become that a, a better player. Because we saw at times there, he was one of the weak spots on that offensive line. It was pretty noticeable. Yeah, and and that's like, is it physically or is it between the ears? Is it play? It's probably a little bit of each, a little bit okay. of each, yeah. I think physically he's more developed than okay. the other guys, but uh, sometimes maybe he doesn't just doesn't give it his all. I always felt like Robinson and Marquise Hayes, I always felt like there was a drawback to both of them. Uh, Robinson, I, I feel that exact same way. I feel like some of it's effort, some of it is not being right where he should be. Some of it's timing, and I think he's just not always there, and that's the kind of guy that Bill Beatonbo needs. This kind of lineman, this offense needs to be really, really productive. Marquise Hayes, I don't find it so much. A, it's a lack of physical physicality or effort. I feel like it's he just not between the ears as far as play calling, but I feel like he's a bit of a hothead. I don't think I feel like he is. I I know he's a bit of a hothead, and he sometimes costs Oklahoma stupid fifteen yard penalties. Like there, how many? How can you count how many? <laughs> There's personal foul penalties he's had after the whistle in the last two seasons. He's got a little Orlando Brown in him. And you like that. You love that. You want that in a guy that's going to go punch somebody in the throat. But with a freshman quarterback last year, that was a death knell for so many drives. And so I'm cool with Marquise Hayes being that road greeter, mean dude that is going to pulverize you into the ground. And I'm a little bit out. The jury's still out for me on Tyrus Robinson. Like, I, I like what he can do. He played a hell of a game in the Cotton Bowl, and I loved what I saw. But I need him to put it together all the way. And so you got Wanye Morris, who's a big dude, and we'll talk about him in a second. But who you want for right tackle? Are you looking for uh, Tyrese Robinson? Are you looking for a guy that's a pure tackle? Who do you are, are you maybe thinking about Eric Swenson despite what others are saying? I'm maybe Anton that, Harrison. Anton Harrison. Okay. I think he's he has a, a big chance to uh step up there where right tackles um still a pretty tough position, but not as tough as left tackle. Right. Um I mean, he's obviously got the body type, he just needs to kind of grow and develop and, and also get his head into the playbook a little bit. So I think where you saw Swenson come in last season. Maybe that's where Anton Harrison really didn't know as many plays. So they couldn't run as many formations, as many uh, coverages on the offensive line as they could with Swenson. And I think we've talked about that prior, right? About, you know, who would you trade off with, with Eric Swenson with a bum arm, but knows all the plays and where he's supposed to be or an Anton Harrison who's green as hell. But at the same time, he, Man, he's more physically imposing. Yeah, he's very talented. He's very physical, but can't get the playbook down. So it was like, where do you go from here? Now that he's been a year in the system, he's had his spring. He's going to go through another summer. He's going to get a lot more reps and a lot more looks by Bill Beatonbow. I think it's interesting what they can do to right tackle because I feel like left tackle, left guard, and maybe center 
I don't know. I feel like Andrew Rame is going to be the center. He's the, he's the, one of the smartest guy in the offensive line room, offensive lineman room. He wants to be mean. He's not going to be a guy who gets pushed in the backfield. And I feel like that left side through the center are really solidified. I'm curious to see what happens on that right side regarding right guard in the interior and the right tackle. There, it could be a lot of different things. I feel like Chris Murray is going to be in there somewhere. I don't know if Tyrus Robinson is going to be in there. And that would be bad for him since I was shocked he came back to school in the first place. Right. Yeah, he seems uh, the battle between Robinson and Murray is probably going to be the most intriguing going into fall camp. I agree. Unless they have an issue at right tackle, and then it's a moot point. And let's let's be honest. Tyrus Robinson makes Pac-12 American every year in the Pac-12, right? Oh, yeah. So this is why I don't take Chris Murray's Pac-12 All-American thing seriously, because most people on this offensive OU, this OU offensive line would be all Americans in the Pac-12. That's just a bad conference for football. Let's be Unless honest. you're like Sewell, Penny Sewell. Oh, that's different. That's like a, a rare breed of human. So, but that's other fair. than that, I mean, Pac-12 football just isn't on the same level as the other conferences, especially at Oklahoma. Nobody is on Oklahoma's level in the Pac-12. I mean, Oregon they might come close some years. Ten uh, USC should. But the Pac-12 just isn't cool anymore, especially after last year. It was weird. They only, how many games they played? Like four? Colorado played four games, went to a bowl game or something like that? I don't I don't even know. Let's talk about Williams, though. And that's, of course, Mario Williams, even though a lot of people want to talk about Caleb Williams. Mario Williams, five catches, 84 yards, despite, you know, basically one of them being on that 50-yarder that he didn't actually catch. That was actually an interception by DJ Graham. Um, but man, he had a big back shoulder throw toward the sideline that, that Rattler could have had, that would have been inside the 10 and he dropped that one, but he, he was thrown to several times. I think they targeted him like what? Six, seven, eight, nine times. Like, yeah. Targeted him a lot. Regardless. They're trying I, to get him very involved. How do you feel about that game? You like, I think it's is, is it real? Is it a real freshman it's talent? A, or it's is a real freshman talent, and it, it couldn't have come at a better time, especially when you have guys like Theo Weiser out with, uh, I think it's like an ankle injury. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaden Hazelwood, I think he had that really good catch, and he had another little small catch. But he really didn't look the part of a guy that's just going to dominate um, down the stretch of the field. I mean, he's, he's coming back from that ACL injury. Mm. Um, doesn't look like himself. I don't know if you caught that at all. Yeah, man. Jayden. I think Mario Williams stepping up at this time is probably a really good sign for Oklahoma. See, that's what I was thinking when I was watching the game. You know, Jaden Hazelwood, he's still got the hands. He's still got the hands, but his mobility right now is limited. And I, and I hope he works through some rehab. And of course, you know, the brace on during the spring game doesn't isn't going to help either. And so I'm, I'm just really waiting to see what happens after summer and hopefully he looks a little more more mobile because i know injuries like that can affect your mobility and not just your mobility but your psyche thinking about can i move this without twick tweaking my knee or anything like that and that's a big deal but i thought mario williams heck some of the first passes in the game were to mario williams you know you know a five stack a five as five five step in round you know uh, a post something just really simple get the ball in and out to the receivers and he was a guy that was not afraid to go in and out of traffic. And, you know, I really wish he had caught that Rattler pass. But I think it comes, like you said, perfect timing where Marvin Mims is still a strong dude, strong candidate for best wide receiver or most, not necessarily best wide receiver, but most productive wide receiver in the room. He might be the best. And it's like, you know, like you said, Theo Wees kind of comes out in a freaking boot slash like one of those. What do you call that thing? It's like a rolly. Scooter, rolly, rolly, rolly knee scooter. <laughs> yeah. Comes out one of those. Mike Woods. So yeah. Mike and Woods are coming in. I don't, do you think Mike Woods is really going to be a, a, a guy in this offense? And do you, how long do you think it is before he actually contributes? If so. The key for him is uh, again, this summer is kind of building that rapport with Spencer Rattler. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those relationships and that connection is built during the summer. So can he come in? Can he make that connection right away? And and that will kind of determine whether he's a, a day one guy or maybe he's later in the season. But I well, think he's going to be a day one guy. Why wouldn't he, why wouldn't he develop chemistry with Caleb Williams? Uh, 
he might not be here when Caleb Williams comes here because of what he's uh, he'd be a junior. Mm-hmm. So if he has a big season at OU, why not just jump to the NFL right away? That's true. That's true. Oh, but man, yeah, it was nice to see them going deep because last year you didn't really see that many deep shots. You saw some, but not it was really... mostly the the leak route to him. Yeah, exactly. Mims, yeah, it wasn't a one on one. I'm just gonna beat you deep down the sideline, right? You the stuff you saw from Hollywood Brown, the stuff you saw from saw from D.D. Westbrook, you didn't really see that last year. And you and sure part of that's as, Rattlers of fault course. as well. Oh yeah, especially when he didn't see guys just streaking down the field wide open. But you but you sure didn't see that. Like the previous year against with Jalen Hurts, right? You never saw any of that with Jalen Hurts, with the exception of like the first early games before people figured out who he was as a quarterback. So OU testing deep, OU stretching the safeties out deep is is a fun memory because you know the last time Oklahoma started doing that and started doing it often, early and often, those were Lincoln Riley's most really explosive offenses and with Hollywood Brown. So I'm very excited to see what that happens. You know, with Austin Stogner, they're going to get healthy. Theo is hopefully going to be back healthy. Mike Woods, like you said, I hope uh, Jaden Hazelwood gets back. And all the other guys that they have with them. You know, Trajan Bridges. God, Trajan Bridges. The longer this thing drags out, I don't know how Lincoln Riley can't dismiss them from the team. You know what I mean? Like, what? what? The, this guy is not going to press charges, <laughs> it sounds like, because it's going to further incriminate him because of the things he maybe has done in his life. That's speculation. Um, but... If he doesn't press charges on these players, Seth McGowan and Trajan Bridges, what do you do for Lincoln Riley? Do you just say, well, they're not pressing charges, but at the same time, the chart, the the actions were made. Do you just yeah, because you go? can't really play these guys ahead of guys that are doing the right thing, putting in the work. Um, you know, you can't put Bridges out there after he allegedly pistol whipped somebody. After stealing his stuff, yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Everything's alleged, so allegedly, but it, I mean, it just sends a bad message. It does, you know. But uh, uh, you know, Ur- Urban Meyer had uh, Aaron Hernandez on on his team at one point, so yeah. And he also, who else did he have on there? There's another worse. criminal on there. <laughs> We're not saying Trajan Bridges and Seth McGowan are criminals. We're saying the Florida. They team. have Riley Cooper. Oh, he did. He had right. <laughs> Ooh, with his long brown hair, and then he said some racist things. That's not man. That's I wonder what that time. relationship was like. Yeah, that sounds really weird. I bet they were Aaron really good and friends. Riley. You know, I bet they were really good friends. I'm not gonna lie. It seems like they would be. Yeah, I bet they would be. Let's uh, let's talk about these Tennessee guys though, because I mean, they seem to play really well. All three: Eric Gray, Key Lawrence, and Wanye Morris. Eric Gray, what do you want to say about him? Heisman. Just give him the Heisman. It's like that guy when Christian McCaffrey was doing an interview. There's just Heisman. Like this random guy in the back, like at Texas Tech with JD. <laughs> Heisman. Heisman. In like the, uh, the ESPN crew's like, get the fuck out of the screen. So <laughs> no, but uh, Eric Gray, uh, he's probably going to be the starting running back. Let's just be honest. I mean, he just looked different out there. Um, way better mobility than any of the running backs we've seen so far. Um, great pass catcher, great acceleration. So I expect him to be RB1 and splitting carries uh, with a, uh, what's his name? Kennedy Brooks mm-hmm. as your RB2. Yeah, I, I definitely think that, right? I think that Kennedy Brooks is now going to be the second running back. I think it's going to be pretty clear that Eric Gray is going to start over Kennedy Brooks just because not talent wise. Uh, I think that Eric Gray is he's far, your more electric guy. He's more explosive. He's more electric. He's not a small stature guy. Like, you know, a pledger was, and that's a big deal. People act like it's like, you know, Marcellia Sutton would have been great if he was four inches taller to uh, TJ pledger would have been, been wonderful if he was a few inches taller. So Eric Gray being the stature that he is, it adds another dynamic piece to your offense. Like I was watching the game and I can't remember who threw the ball, but I just remember the wide receiver jumping, snatching the ball of the air, not waiting for the ball to get to him, just jumping and snatching the ball of the air and making a quick cut to the left. And I was thinking, man, is that Mario Williams? He's got some juice. And then I looked at the number. This is zero. Doing the first play? 
yeah, it's like well, unbelievable. Yeah, I yeah. was like, holy crap, that that was Eric Gray. And so not just that that he brings to the game, but just him being a dynamic playmaker, him playing last year, him not taking a year off because of COVID, which no disrespect to Kennedy Brooks, but Kennedy Brooks is having rust. So Kennedy Brooks, all he's getting his body in line. And we may be just like be shutting up after over a summer when Kennedy Brooks is full on in workouts <laughs> and is sweating his ass off and really, really getting conditioned again. And it could be, you know, us just like talking right now just because the spring game just happened. But it looks like Eric Gray's the guy just because he can do a variety of things. And Kennedy Brooks would be a nice change of pace back that never going to fumble, is going to be reliable, knows how to navigate the uh, the counter and all that stuff. So I'm excited about what Eric Gray brings to the table. I'm excited what he can do for Lincoln Riley. And th- those cuts were nasty. Oh, my God, those cuts were nasty, especially that touchdown. Haven't seen anybody do that since Rodney Anderson. And even then, Rodney Anderson didn't have that much wiggle. Rodney Anderson did not have that much wiggle. Also risk just breaking his leg every time. Mm-hmm. Mm. But, yeah, like, what was, who was the last running back that had that that much wiggle that was a legitimate home run threat? And Mixon, most likely. I guess you can maybe make the argument for Sermon, but at times he just got caught in his just dancing around a little bit. I agree with that. I agree with that. When he was a one cut and go guy, he was pretty good. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And so let's move on to Key Lawrence. He played at safety where I think Pat Fields would traditionally play. And, you know, part of me is part of me wants to say he played really well. Part of me also wants to say they've been playing this offense for the last how many weeks and they know what's coming. So I can't tell how well he really is playing. Because I can't think of an OU spring game in recent memory where the defense just absolutely got their asses lit on fire. Am I correct on that? Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Like, I feel like that's not a hot take. Because, like, the defense, they've been practicing against the offense, and they all know it's the same, like, eight plays within however many Unless different formations. Like Baker. You go back to Baker for that one. That's fair. But, you know, it's it's the same plays over and over and over, especially – they're not going to make you go through progressions during a, a spring practice or it's basically it's a spring scrimmage. They're not going to make you go through progressions. A lot of these things were run reads and outs one read, get it out to the guy it's supposed to go to. And so Caleb Williams was very successful in that. And Spencer Rattler, I thought also had a really good day despite, you know, three or four of his passes being dropped. And so key Lawrence being back there being safety, he knows the type of plays that are coming. So I'm not surprised by how successful he was. I like how physical he is. I like his stature. I like what he is going to be able to do against a team like Iowa State that has big physical tight ends rather than, you know, having somebody like Pat Fields or Buki back there. Of course, I want a Jeremiah Cradell who didn't play. I want to, I want a Key Lawrence back there. What do you think about, and this, I know this is not a Tennessee guy, but I know I haven't written anything down about him. Justin Harrington has got to stop playing cornerback, right? Yeah, he didn't really seem like the uh, the overwhelming favorite to be that starting corner, just based on what I saw. He was playing with a, like the threes on a team yeah, that he wasn't really Washington. playing any. Uh, I'm trying to think what what wide receivers he was matched up against. I think it was just the Stanton kid. Yeah, not not good. Or Sumlin, one of those guys. And he was also wearing a knee brace, but man, I just think I think. Do you think he's I, just I more of an open field guy? He's he doesn't need to be playing man. He wants to play corner, though. So I think they're giving him his time just right. before the inevitable of him going to nickel or safety happens because I think he could rotate and be a really good safety or nickel or something for OU just because of his stature, his size. Like you said, he's more of an open field zone guy than he is a man-on-man guy. So I'm really curious to see what he'll look like. But I think Key Lawrence, do you think he ends up starting or do you think he has quality depth that rotates in eventually? I think he'll start later in the season. I don't see any reason why pat fields can't come back and get his job you're gonna see you think he's gonna supplant supplant one of the team captains uh yes i do that's good i think later in the season they're gonna face more physical bodies and i think they're just gonna need him more than they need a guy that you know plays well but is gonna be at a disadvantage it's a good point i I agree i i didn't think about later on in the year when they're playing some tougher opponents iowa state's late oklahoma state is late and they're gonna need those guys now that you know especially through the, the, the trudge of the season, day after day after day after week after week, quality depth, that's something that this OU defense has. And that's something to be very, very excited about. And so let's talk about Wanya Morris before we get a break. Thoughts on Wanya? Did you get a chance to actually look at him? I kind of watched his matchup a little bit. Um, 
obviously a guy that can move really, really well. The athleticism was there. Uh, the one knock on it was he just, again, like Reim, doesn't really look the part physically. So I think this offseason, uh, he's going to spend a lot of time with uh, Benny Wiley and kind of build himself up in that regard. You're telling me that Tennessee's strength and conditioning program is shite? It's it's a little shite. It's a little shite. But also, you know, you miss pretty much a half a year of conditioning anyways. It's fair. With COVID, so I guess you can kind of build in that excuse a little bit. I think Wanya Morris is a very large man that has quick feet to get to the next level. I think that he's still learning from what he's supposed to be doing at OU, but he is always in Bill Beatonbo's ear. I know he asks a lot of questions to Bill Beatonbo just to get right because he knows he's primed for a big season or he wants to have a big season just like he did when he was a freshman All-American in the SEC uh, two years ago, of course. And so I'm really curious to see what that looks like. And I think, and of course, I think all of us will expect him to be a starting piece at that left tackle going forward. And uh, I'm very excited to see what happens, him getting a little bit quicker this season, him becoming a little more flat-bellied, but also with a little extra punch because he is a wide physical presence on that offensive line. And like I said earlier, I think that left side's figured out. I think they got to figure out the right side, yeah. get the best five on the field. I mean, I, I think that's really what it's going to boil down to. Is it going to be, you know, you got your guys on the left and in, in, in Rame. It You've got Murray, Harrison, Robinson, or the field, if, if you want to include Swenson, somebody's going to be pissed off that they're not getting that last spot. That's, I mean, that's that simple. But anyways, we're going to go for a break for our sponsors. They're going to talk about the defense, guys. The defense, man, they're salty. They're very good and loaded with all Americans and lots of honors. You got talking about Caleb Williams in a, maybe a quarterback controversy, uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. So we'll talk about that right after the break, guys. All right, Steven. So let's talk about the defense, man. It was, if it wasn't apparent during the game or whenever, especially after, if it wasn't apparent during the game, it was definitely after the game. When you see all the images, all the highlights, everything that came about from this, from this scrimmage, I suppose, how big and how much depth that this defense has. And look, just talking about the front seven, Winfrey, who's a Big 12 All-American and, and an All-American in some magazines, right? Or publications, I guess. Not Magazines aren't that big anymore. Josh Ellison, who is more than capable. He had a great year last year. Corey Roberson is going to be on par. Jordan Kelly. LaRon Stokes, who was a newcomer of the year like two years ago. Nick Bonita, who is an All-American on like a ton of people's list. David Aguebu, who should be an All-American, who is just like athletic and big as all get out. I want to see what he does in the summer. Uh, Jordan, Caleb Kelly put on a ton of muscle. He looks like, Jesus Christ, this guy looks like he's strapped <laughs> up, ready to go to war. Uh, Shane Witter, and then just like all the defensive backs, not named Woody Washington, Pat Fields, and all the other dudes that weren't able to play. DJ Graham looked good. Oh, he's my God. He is going to be so good for OU that man. How can he not get excited? Is this not the best defense they're going to field since 2009? It's like one of those things you hear every year where it's just like, yeah, these, this, these guys look different this year. And we've heard that for like, like eight years. It's like yes. these guys look different. And this is like the first time that it's actually true. I mean, these guys look like a legitimately national power defense. Um, that can go out and win you a championship. And it's the bodies in the trenches. They're all big, long-armed, talented. You look at the linebackers, very good at diagnosing plays. You're no longer putting a true freshman that's an outside linebacker on the inside and expecting him to do something with it, Mike Stoops. Uh, and you actually have good coaching. Brian Odom, give all the credit to freaking Brian Odom for developing linebackers. Give all the credit to Calvin Thibodeau, Jamar Kane, and Alex Grinch for developing that defense, and then you just look at the players in general. No longer are you looking at five foot nine guys because they can keep up with all the other slots. They said F all that noise. Everybody's gonna be about five foot, like minimum five foot eleven, <laughs> right? A minimum is five foot eleven, and all these five foot eleven dudes and cleats are gonna tell you they're like they're six foot two, which is a total lie. But and besides that, their arms. I saw a freaking picture. Jordan Mukes, besides the fact how big he is. Just standing up, he's not even slouching. He's just like standing up in proper position. His hands are as long as they go down to his kneecaps. 
He's a freak. That's the, he's, the he was very underrated in the recruiting game. Oh, definitely. Do you think he's going to, like, I don't think he'll really I think he might. it this year. Do you think I he think will? he will. I okay. think he's going to find some time because he, he looked real good. Is he a four game and done guy? Yeah, they might they might cut him off at four just to save some time. But I think he had a game high six tackles. He's not afraid to yeah, get physical. It might be tough for them to kind of weigh their options. Like maybe we should put him in this game. This game, you know, Iowa State with their big big wide receivers. Let's see what he can do mm. at that point. Maybe that's his fifth game, and that's worth it. My goodness, it's just so, it's so fun to talk about what this team can do because you can go name after name after name as far as good quality players and great quality depth from the front to the very back of the defense. And that's something to be very excited about. Like DJ Graham, I am so excited for this dude, not just because he's a Sooner legacy, but for the fact that he's kind of a three-star guy that was overlooked, wide, played wide receiver. They flipped him over to the other side of the ball and just been freaking insane as far as what you saw from last year, getting more physical into this year. He just knows how to play the ball. Woody Washington is going to be back. Jaden Davis is going to be back. You have a lot of com- competitive death. Josh Eaton's out there. Latrell McCutcheon had a pretty okay day. I mean, what's not to like? Is there anything that if you had to pick out from this defense, because we don't always want to ha- sit around with crimson colored glasses on, but if there's anything on this defense that you maybe had to criticize or you still have questions about, what are you looking for? I think you have to solidify a star of safety. I think every good team needs a star of safety. Um, DTY, I think, is kind of reaching that. I don't mm-hmm. think he's there yet, so um on the back end i just have to see it on the field like spring game that's good everyone kind of looks good um but during the season they really need to solidify a star back there who plays more billy bowman or jordan mukes probably bowman you think more accessible yeah i think bowman will play more than those four games i think you'll do you think he'll be most likely most likely because i think he's gonna be the punt returner as well i think they're gonna take mims out i mean the kid was a five star in some facets wasn't he not he was, I think he was consensus five star. I may be wrong. He may have got switched the very last second, but, I don't know, uh, but he's a very big time player. athlete. Yeah. Very exciting that Oklahoma got him from Texas and his girlfriend's killing on the, on the softball diamond. But it's just like, this is a great, fun defense to be a part of. Guys are like legitimately happy to be a part of this defense because there's still guys there from the Stoops era that. They Caleb know it's yeah, they know what it's like to be the butt of every joke, especially if you're talking about Oklahoma football, like oh Kyler Murray's gonna save your ass. Oh, Baker Mayfield's gonna save your ass. They all know what that feels like, those older guys that have been there. And now the script has been flipped, like especially last year, where the defense saved the offense's ass several times, especially toward the end of the year. And it's just so nice to have a balanced football team that you know that if the offense is enough to snuff one game you know the defense can really take the brunt of the blow and vice versa. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. So let's talk about fun things. Caleb Williams' first play from scrimmage is basically like a 20-yard run on a zone read. And, you know, you don't have to worry about that with Rattler. Rattler's not an elusive guy too much. He he, he still holds on to the ball. a Baker runner. He still holds on to the ball too much, and I freaking hate it. Just get rid of it. Throw a hot route or throw it away. Stop trying to spin out of crap, even though even if we give a blue jersey on, just – throw it away, take the sack, take the yards you can get. I think the three-yard play isn't sexy enough for Spencer Rattler, so I think he holds on to the ball to go downfield, whereas that's a lesson Baker Mayfield had to learn in his first and second year at OU. And so I'm hoping that he really gets in the summer with Lincoln Riley and really studies with them because he can be a lot better. You know, Caleb Williams is a totally different quarterback than Spencer Rattler is. Spencer Rattler, you're never really going to see him in a zone read. Caleb Williams, you're going to see him a lot in a read option, zone read package, RPO, whatever you want to, whatever you want to do with him because he can do it all. He doesn't have as much arm talent as Spencer Rattler, but let's talk about Rattler. Six of 14, 114 yards. He had two balls hit. Jeremiah Hall right in the hands, drops. He had that back shoulder fade that was a long ball to Mario Williams, the first one that he got dropped. And so realistically, like people are going to look at Caleb Williams going 10 of 11 for 99 yards adding 61 yards on the ground off of six carries, accounting for 160 total yards offense. And, well, sounds like there's a quarterback duel, according to some folks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what would you say to those people that would say Caleb Williams is better than Spencer Rattler? What would you say to those folks right now? Just stop. 
just don't don't go down that road. Um, everyone knows at this point in their career, Rattler is the better quarterback. He has the big game experience. He knows the playbook more than more than Caleb Williams. Um, it's his team. It's his locker room. So uh, to make that argument, it's just kind of foolish. Why is it foolish though? Not because P- P- hey, listen. We did this with Baker Mayfield and Trevor Knight in 2014, and we just we we tossed it aside. Uh, I mean, you're just comparing a guy that is he's going into his third year of football at Oklahoma to a guy that's just now there. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you look at uh, it's almost the Jalen Hurts and Spencer Rattler argument. Do you want a guy that's very fresh out there, or do you want a guy that's seasoned? He's seen the big games. Um, he knows how to make plays. He's been in that moment. Um, so you can't really compare the two quarterbacks at the moment. I think Caleb Williams can be a better quarterback eventually. Mm-hmm. But after the spring game, his first game, in what, 14 practices, mm. he's not the better quarterback. So you think that a player that's been with OU for two full seasons now going into his first real spring and is about to be the starter in his third consecutive season no wait his starter for his second consecutive season but with a team for three years is a you know five-star guy was one of the best quarterbacks <laughs> in the country last year you're saying that Heisman he, front runner he can't be shown up in one spring game by Caleb Williams huh no I'm not worried about Rattler's stats I thought Caleb Williams was impressive I think he's me a great quarterback and potentially have a better career than uh than Rattler but at this mm-hmm. moment, they're not they're not comparable. And I think they're totally different quarterbacks, right? I mean, Spencer Rattler is a guy that's more Patrick Mahomesy, a guy that's going to sit in the pocket and deliver just excellent balls, you know, just wherever all over the field because he has that arm talent. Whereas Caleb Williams kind of reminds me of a maybe a taller. I don't know how tall he looks taller than Russell Wilson, but he, he gives me Russell Wilson vibes. About six one, six one and a half. He gives me Russell Wilson vibes able to turn around, make plays with his feet really, really well, has a good awareness of the entire field as far as running lanes and vision. But also, man, he had a he had a pass from the left hash all the way to the right sideline. And you don't if, understand how hard that is. Holy crap. I I gasped when he made that throw. Now like, against, shit. against the good defense, I don't know if that ball makes it to the receiver, but I saw that throw and said because he was throwing against like the twos at this point. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, my gosh, people. I looked at my fiance. I was like, you don't know how hard that is, how hard you have to throw that ball for it to still be like whistling like that. By the time it gets to the right end from the opposite hash, it's a great throw. That was also the throw that uh, Trevor Knight threw, uh, except that ended ended up in the hands of a Kansas State receiver (laughs) on the one yard line. Do you remember that? It was good times. (laughs) I rewatch that play every night. I do. It, it keeps me in check. You know, you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. But man, what would you, how, how are people arriving at some, because people that not necessarily, I, I don't respect these people. I'm just going to say that, but people that are there, <laughs> how do they arrive at this conclusion that Caleb Williams is now in the running for a quarterback duel and He's chomping at the bit and pushing Spencer Rattler. How do these people arrive at this? Because they need to sell the storyline, essentially. They need the clicks. They need them. So for them to kind of push this narrative, it really helps them more than it helps anyone else. Hmm. Clicks, huh? Got to get those clicks. Got to get those views. Big J, is that what that is? They're Big Jane a little bit. They need to join Big B. Yeah, Take off the shades. Take off the Caleb Williams shades for a second. Just mm-hmm. come back to earth. Be a big old BB instead of a big old BJ, right? <laughs> Shout out to uh, to Brady Trantham. I love Brady Trantham. He's such a nice guy. He's over well, there with my, my guy, though. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's He's true. over there with uh, with Trammell right now. Mm. Uh, you know, Trammell's got some style. What His style is coming back into the, I could see him at Lampshade. Or was oh, yeah. it Lamp Post? Yeah, Lamp Post Lounge. Yeah, he probably hangs out there a little bit. I could see him actually masquerading as a lampshade with some of the coats, though. He's got <laughs> he's got some nice coats. I won't say he doesn't. He's got some nice coats, like a real nice coats. I know this because he talked about his coat every time at the Big Twelve Media Days. It was a great coat, though. So kudos to him for that. But who are you looking for? Because we talked about a few actually, but I'm wanting to know. 
Are there any specific players that you're eyeing for a big, big off season into fall camp? Who are you looking at? Uh, I think number one has to be Jaden Hazelwood. He's got to get his body right. He's got to get his mind right because he has to be that guy. He needs to be the guy on the outside. That's the big body receiver, the, the deep threat um, that everybody has to worry about. Cause that's what he's been built on for two years. And, you know, setbacks have kind of hampered that, but he's got to go out and prove it. Man, who I'm looking for for fall camps and, you know, just big, just big jumps, hopefully. I want to see David Aguebu take a big jump. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Because Deshaun White is instinctual. He's not a guy that's going to be an all star inside linebacker anywhere. He may get drafted in a later round in the, in the NFL draft later on in his career, make maybe like a five or six, maybe he's usually where he's supposed to be, but he's not a dynamic athlete. He doesn't have anything special about him, like a Kenneth Murray or a David Aguebu, right? They're so long and athletic and like crazy. He's not that strong. You've got Brian Asamoah, who, you know, he gets shot out of a damn cannon. The guy, <laughs> so much speed into the backfield. So David Aguebu, if he's able to officially officially learn how to control the airwaves behind him with big 12 spread defenses or spread offenses at, as the same time as he's able to physically impose his dominance, which we saw against Florida. We talked about it last time. The dude took on like three blockers and still destroyed the play in the backfield. Then I'm really looking forward for a big, big off season for him. And of course I'm looking for a big off season uh, offense. Let's go Drake stoops. You know, it's not like a, <laughs> He's finally got that scholarship. Finally, earned, finally earned a scholarship. that he deserved it. Doesn't have to pay his way to school anymore. <sighs> so good. Working at Pizza Hut at night. Yeah, working, working at Pizza Hut and uh, working at a uh, was it Panther Pizza? Is that what the <laughs> place is called in Friday Night Lights? I think so. It yeah, sounds right. Yeah, Panther. Yeah, like. How did you feel about that? I mean, good, good on Drake for getting a scholarship. I think it's really cool so he can show like that to his mom and his dad. Like, yo, I played Division One football at the University of Oklahoma. I think that's cool, like for family's sake. But how did you feel about the entire situation, knowing that he probably didn't pay his own way to school for lots of years? <laughs> I think uh, isn't there some sort of university deal where if your parent is like a employee of the university for like so many years, you get a free free ride, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they were even paying for it anyways. It is cool, though, because Drake Soups has made some very memorable plays. Um, the I think Texas the biggest, game. Yeah, the biggest would be the Texas game. Um, so uh, he's kind of earned his way into being that scholarship athlete, despite him not really needing the scholarship. I agree. And I honestly think he's still going to contribute this year. I don't know what capacity, but I think he's still going to contribute this year. I think he'll have at least 10, 15 catches, especially with this offense, that if you have that many four or five-star receivers just – pump him in and pump him out, just churn him, churn him, churn him. I think he's going to get there in slots several times. So I'm really excited to see what happens there. The and recognition so, is the coolest thing, not really the scholarship itself. Of course, of course, because there's a big, big meeting in the middle of the field and they're all talking. And the next thing you know, everybody's all hyped for Drake. And, you know, it's, it's good for him. It's it's cool. It's a memorable moment, you know, that now instead of a, you know, a gray shirt or a dude, that's just a walk on a glorified three-star walk on. Um, Cause he was three, he was a three-star. He's, he's a three-star. And so, you know, he was looking at, you know, SMU and all the other Texas schools. Like Army there. was one of them. Oh God. And he never got the ball through your way in army, but <laughs> I was, it was, I think it's just really cool for him. And so kudos to him. Uh, I was hoping Major Melson would get one after the oh, hit yeah. he took. That's true. It's kind of important. How about uh, Jaden? Is it Jaden Knowles? That five foot seven Knowles. guy? Yeah, he's cool. I like Jaden Knowles. He's going to be a uh, meteorologist. Yeah. I'm down with that. So he looked good. I would rather him be there. my meteorologist than Mike Morgan. Remember Mike Morgan? Yeah. We talked about this pre pre pod when Severe Mike Morgan. Mike Morgan told people to run for their lives and get in their cars <laughs> when a tornado happened. Shortly after the May 20th ones, I think. But yeah, man. But hey, spring football game happened. What are we gonna do for the what are we gonna do for the rest of the spring and the rest of the summer? We're gonna break down the spring game. Play by time? play, every podcast. Oh, that's a good idea. I like that idea. Like I'm gonna point every flaw that happens. Oh, yeah. We're we're gonna take snapshots of every Look play. at this left foot. 
Yes, it should exactly. be right here. Instead of any, and the good thing about this is that you're not only breaking down 11 players on one side of the ball like you would in a regular season game, you're breaking down all 22 guys. <laughs> you got plenty of content. Look at this. His first step's That's a great. Misstep. Yeah. And this is what means it's what it means the rest of the season. They're gonna be they're gonna be a lack of days of the breaks, you know. I think we should have some fun stuff to talk about. I mean, recruiting's coming back in June. Oh gosh. I've heard I mean over, it's over gonna the be last like hour the visit I've, apocalypse. I have heard over the last hour some nice things about recruiting. And I guess we should maybe maybe we might touch on that this week or next week. Should be fun. We can maybe touch on it later this week. Yeah. Maybe some news coming down what, within seven days. Oh, yeah. I like news, especially within a week. I don't have to, don't have to wait for it. We'll More throw that little week. tidbit out there. We've been hearing some things. I like things. You know, and they're good recruits, right? They're pretty good. I like good. I like those. They're, they're not the not the two-star Dakota Austins out there. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. 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 That's, that's my best hint I can give you. It's a great hint. It's a great hint for people that know. And if you don't know, I guess you can also break listen. down Jack's wedding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, if you guys want to show up, because, oh, yeah. I sent your I sent your invitation, but it got sent back because I put the, there was something around the thing. But Steven's going to show up to my wedding, too. You you guys could podcast. You and Brady and Jack could podcast at my wedding. Well, yeah. we're going to do a live stream. Yeah, the live Me and Brady going to do all the, the commentary. You can talk garbage on my tuxedo. Should I wear a should I just have a, a mustache and nothing else at my wedding? Like clothes? No, I have clothes on, but just like my <laughs> facial hair. Should I wear? Oh a mustache yeah, too? yeah. Like just because right now you can see my mustache, but I also have like five o'clock shadow going. But if I just like really shave this thing off and have like a really Persian mustache, would that work? I think it would work. All right, it's man. really gonna go well with my wedding gift. I'm gonna get you bringing Barry Trammell with me. Oh, I'm excited! Thanks, I'm so excited. But that's all I got for this podcast, man. You got anything else? I think that's it. Well, actually, when I hosted uh, Daryl uh, from just the Just Okay Sports thing, he he uh, he mentioned that everybody should join the Discord. So kudos to Daryl for mentioning the Discord before I, I wasn't even thinking about it. So one I thing I would have to say. Podcast yet. Yeah, join the Discord. And follow us on Twitter, of course, at CC Machine, at J. Larry Shields, when Jack will probably join us on Wednesday, along with maybe Brady Trantham, who gave me a yes on Snapchat. So it sounds like that's happening. You can follow me at Kamarabi and CCM. You can follow Steven at OEFDSB. If you listen to this podcast for the first time and you liked what you heard, all these podcasts sound pretty much alike as far as like just messing around and doing whatever. Hit the subscribe button, man, and even give us a five-star review. I like those more than the one stars, so five stars are fun. So, but anyways, next time, we'll catch you guys later. Be a big group pod, and it'll be fun. Bye, guys.